Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to episode 41 and 42, Gaza under siege: the impact of Israel's ground operation. We previously had uh one episode on in two parts uh, not uh, one episode but in two parts actually uh which gave an extended perspective on the israel's internal affairs today we'll be looking at much more wider perspective from what is going on uh outside of israel uh, that is in the gaza strip so today to discuss this topic in much more detail we have with us uh, apurva ayer hi apurva welcome to the podcast Thank you so much, Omkar. Thank you very much, Aprua, for your precious time. Uh, I have been following your articles and insightful opinion pieces as well. Uh, so I hope to receive uh, uh, a lot of insights today from this conversation, and I'm pretty sure our audience will also look forward to this episode. So yeah, without any delay, uh, you know, before I would say taking a deep dive into our topic itself. can you just briefly provide an outlook of uh, about your academic journey and how did you end up being a security researcher at the moment i completed my bachelor's in political science honors from delhi university and then i completed my masters in intelligence and international security from kings college london i have been very interested in the field of political risk consulting for some time now and i intend to progress my career in this industry and that is how i have been uh, reading about all the geopolitical developments that are taking place in different places across the world interesting yet yeah, it is a, it is a good start i mean uh, individuals like you we need in the industry especially as there are a lot of cross functional expertise uh, and the demand that is increasing for them uh, i believe in the space industry we lack individuals like you because space industry's uh, uh, military assets and military control doesn't really have uh, you know uh, risk and threat intelligence experts i mean they have it on a government level but they don't really have anyone operating on the commercial level so i hope you progress very well in your career uh so yeah taking a deep dive into the topic uh in a broader sense i would first like to dissect you know uh, the basic aspect of the topic uh, because we have a much more broader range of audience from space defense and security sector so primarily it's the defense and security sector they are very much aware about the terms like ground offensive ground operation but you know the space industry is not much more familiar with that uh so you know before we like you know dissect the broader sense of what is going on in gaza can you please tell us what is the definition or the meaning 
of ground operation or ground offensive now ground offensive or ground operation refers to a military action that has been launched on land using ground troops to achieve a predetermined objective now on october 7th the alaksa floods was launched by hamas and in retaliation israel declared operation iron sword now there have been various conflicts that have taken place between israel and other palestinian factions in the past but this is the first time israel has declared a state of war and has now formed a war cabinet that also includes the members of the opposition parties now this ground offensive is of utmost significance for israel because this is the first time that there have been palestinians who have been able to capture territories within israel which was not even possible during the yom kippur war when egypt and syria were only able to enter sinai and the golan heights so in that perspective israel is focusing a lot on the ground offensive and there have been various statements that have been released by israeli policy makers such as their defense minister calling the uh, calling them as human animals and the fact that they will wipe hamas of the face of earth now in, in the early stages yes. they had launched an offensive they had launched a raid but they had not used the operative word the uh, ground offensive they were using the words raid and operations okay therein they had used the idf uh, for moving tanks and armored vehicles near the gaza strip's border now the overall objective during that time was to clear the area of hamas and then to locate the hostages and there were several raids that took place post which eventually the defense minister said that these are a three stage plan which is the first israeli air strike and uh, maneuvering which refers to the ground attack which is aimed to root out hamas then there is a lower intensity fight to defeat the remaining pockets of resistance and finally to create a security regime that would remove israel's responsibility for life in the gaza strip now all the not just the israeli military uh, commanders not just the israeli politicians but i think across the world everyone knew that the challenges that they are going to face hamas to remove it from its roots so finally it was on october 28 when they had moved with the second stage of ground offensive and in this stage rather than having a very broad objective a broad aim the israel was able to have a much more concise understanding of the situation and they gave that kind of an objective which was easier to achieve so rather than launching like a huge ground offensive the idf eventually had a strategic plan to weaken hamas by cutting off its roots and limiting its resources to such a situation that they are not able to attack israeli cities the aim okay. is to continuously apply pressure to this situation and then to diminish the threat to a very minimal situation uh, level now i okay. um, completely understand that this is very complicated this is very theoretic in understanding but i have tried to i'm going to simplify it as much as i can but even in that i can vouch that whatever i'm going to say is just 
scratching the surface in fact barely scratching the surface because this is a very complicated ground offensive that israel has launched on the gaza strip okay now yeah so in the initial stages gaza strip they had eventually divided into two and they have said that the idf has moved towards the gaza city they have reached the coastlines they are moving from north to south and they are moving as of now the situation is that they are have reached one of the major strategic locations and they are moving towards the al shifa hospital but despite the current news about this is the progress that is the progress with regards to the israeli defense forces movements a major concern in my perspective is that the actual challenges they are going to face it now they have faced a lot of challenges but they are going to face even more challenges in terms of the terrainian and the subterranean warfare now why i say that is that you need to understand that the place is densely populated with civilians and an urban environment like gaza city is very complex when it comes to a military operation now having yes. military operations in open ground on bare ground where there are no civilians it's just two military forces or one non state actor and other state actor having a conventional warfare that's a completely different situation but in this situation you have urban military operation where even civilian infrastructure can it, it can be anything be it parking space be it cars be it dustbins anything and everything can be converted can be used for military purposes moreover there is a leverage over here is that there is a vertical landscape and now when i say vertical landscape i mean the buildings and militarily this is a basic thing if someone is at top they would be able to easily launch attacks at the bottom so someone who is at the ground and someone is at the elevated space which is in this case the palestinian factions they would be able to launch much more effectively and efficiently at the idf this will force the idf to have much more air support thereby increasing the civilian casualties as well and moreover at this point of time when you have such an environment such a dense urban environment it would be very challenging to evacuate the wounded because it's not like the idf would not take any casualties at all despite the kind of armors the kind of uh, latest equipments that they have there is always th- there would be casualties so this yes. is the first challenge okay yeah the second so, challenge sorry yeah uh, yeah just uh, just wanted to you know kind of highlight the part as you mentioned uh the israeli prime minister he really said that you know i mean uh, i mean i don't really want to uh, say it over here because it's it's really extremist uh, perspective uh, but i would like to actually tell you know our audience uh, primarily uh, especially the student and the researchers like you know as a researcher as a journalist our job is always to provide a neutral perspective and as apurva mentioned this statement has actually been made by pm where Uh, pm of israel that uh, you know they would like to possibly uh, wipe out uh, the whole gaza strip and you know they would like to rebuild or something but uh, i believe a lot of things also matters in the international domain the pressure uh, because i believe the world is currently divided a lot 
and there are several narratives that are going on so i'd just like to you know tell our audience um, even the students researchers who are listening to this podcast is very important that we uh, maintain a neutral narrative and until we don't know the facts figures and actual data from the ground uh, we should we should we shouldn't i would say comment very openly on such topics uh, because it is our responsibility because one wrong thing that we publish or possibly write might have some long term uh, negative effects on the policies on the people who are living in those states actually uh, so yeah that's that's what i just wanted to highlight uh, sorry for uh, you can continue now absolutely uh, this is a very important point that you have mentioned but yes. getting back to the um, ground offensive now the first part is the urban warfare the second is the tunnel system now hamas has boasted the hamas leader has also boasted that they have created about 500 kilometers of tunnel network and under various civilian infrastructure which adds another complexity for the israeli defense forces now the israeli defense forces are prepared and equipped for such combat situation including urban and underground warfare and moreover there are new reports that are coming up that they have created a sensor system called mispar hazak or the power number to deduct underground tunnels but there are still concerns whether this will work in a subterranean system because so far they have the development of this new sensor system is based on the war gamings that have carried out by the israeli defense system mm-hmm. other than that israel also has high end military equipments like night vision goggles communication tools that depends on satellites and gps system and everything but one needs to understand that tunnel system provides a strategic advantage to the builder which is in case in this case it is hamas because they are familiar with the layout and have the preparation for this kind of an incursion contrary to the israeli forces who are relying on technology and intelligence for understanding the tunnel system to put it in a layman's term let's just take this example you want to come and attack me in my house i'm just this is just trying to simplify this tunnel system i have a 10 bhk house you try to have a technology that scans from above as to what is the map of my house you use human intelligence talk to some people so talk to my neighbors as to how the house is built but the at the end of the day it is my house i have created it i am living in it i am surrounded by the people <clears throat> who ha- who have this same thing that this is their house so in respect of the kind of technology development that you will have i'll still have an edge over you because i was the one who built this this is the same case over here as well israeli defense forces may have anything and everything in terms of technology and training but hamas is the defend- defender in terms of the tunnel system over here and they have this advantage that is why israeli defense forces know about this and would try to stay away from it but hamas will be inclined to draw them into this tunnel system now idf is so far demolished about 100 plus tunnel systems using various methods and the recent technology that they are using is called sponge bomb which is a non explosive chemical bomb that releases a 
expanding foam that quickly hardens so that it completely blocks the tunnels so now okay so far they have not mentioned it whether they have started using this in terms of the war because so the reports are only coming that they're either cementing it or raising it or but this is another technology that israel has and they are also news coming up whether they'll be using robots and drones to help navigate the tunnels the third and the most important aspect of this ground offensive is the hostages in the yes. attack that took place on october 7th there were about 200 hostages that they were taken it can be plus and minus based on various reports from different um, organizations but about 200 hostages there are there and based on the videos that have been released and the kind of uh, situation there have taken place in the past there is an existing theory that the hostages may be held up in tunnel this this has not been confirmed yet but there is a possibility so this also adds to the contributing factor to slow down the idf movement so in this case the israeli defense forces although have the capabilities to carry out this kind of an action but also they need to understand that they have to think about other aspects as well be it the potential responses from the iranian proxies the hostage situation the civilian casualties and various other things in this geopolitical landscape okay that's and that's a very interesting uh, perspective i mean in an extended manner you provided uh, the situation about hostages thanks for mentioning that uh, because uh, i personally actually didn't know whether to add that question because i personally didn't had so much knowledge on it uh, but thanks to you for you know highlighting that part as well uh, moving ahead uh, as we were just uh, discussing about the hostages Uh, what are the humanitarian humanitarian implications of the ground offensive from your perspective humanitarian perspective the humanitarian crisis now on october 9th the energy minister of israel stated that electricity fuel water everything would be uh, shut off for gaza until the hostages are released that are held up by hamas now by october 11th there were news coming up that the remaining power station in gaza which is the main supplier has run out of fuel following that israel announced that all the palestinians who are living in north gaza should move to south gaza to make way for the ground offensive this was the same time that egypt was not ready to open the rafa border which is the rafa crossing between gaza and egypt and al sisi who is the president of um, egypt received massive criticism from the international community because if they had opened it there was the possibility that palestinians would enter egypt it would reduce the civilian casualties and the humanitarian crisis in gaza would not escalate to the situation that they have are going to have because of the ground offensive but egypt had various reasons for its reluctance and they did not want that situation to further put into such a situation where israel completely is relieved of its responsibility to protect the civilians now the first and most important factor is egypt's internal political dynamics and its relations concerning the muslim brotherhood because the 
<clears throat> the kind of history that Egypt has, obviously for any country that shapes the relations that it has and the perspective it has to a particular group or particular ideology. And in terms of in this situation, Hamas, which is a Palestinian branch of the Muslim Brotherhood, this, all these factors play a critical role as to why Egypt has a very um, challenging, complex relationship with Hamas. The second is, is Egypt's, not just Egypt, but I guess the entire world's concern with regards to the mass exodus of Palestinians from Gaza to, uh, yes. into Egypt that would bring the Palestinian militant members as well along with the civilians into the Egyptian soil. This raises okay. a security concern for Egypt. Now, yes. take the situation. If this they open the Rafah border, you have Palestinian refugees coming up and you have several other members of the Palestinian factions also entering Egypt. This raises the security concern which would further destabilize Sinai where Egyptian military has for long, for years, been fighting against the uh, various extremist organizations and have also accused Hamas for backing them. And okay. that has been emphasized by Sisi time and again uh, when having this conversation, when having interviews amongst others. That in if that situation arises and Palestinians militant organizations start using Sinai as a base against Israel, Israel would eventually start uh, react retaliating to it and end up striking Egyptian territories. But yes. I guess the most important factor due to which not just Egypt but even Jordan has been reluctant to take Palestinian refugees is due to the fear of this being another Nakba. Now in 1948 during the war that eventually led to the creation of Israel, about 700,000 Palest 700, Palestinians were expelled or they were or they fled from that region. And that movement is actually known as Nakba, which is an Arabic term for catastrophe. Okay. This same thing happened in 1967. 1967, Arab-Israeli war, when Israel eventually captured a lot of territories and about 300,000 Palestinians eventually fled to Jordan. And then you, the current situation is there are several, several Palestinians who are living, who are residing in refugee camp across Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, and various other border regions. So after the conflict or after both the war, Israel eventually refused to take the Palestinian back into the region. And they argued that this would change the Jewish nature of the country. Because Israel is a... Uh, Jewish state, they were worried that more, uh, the Palestinian refugees would be brought back uh, into the region. The, the, it would completely change the demography. And that is what everyone is now fearing, that it would be a repeat of history itself, that in case they open the Rafah border, there would be again the mass exodus of Palestinians. And this was again emphasized by Sisi in a call with uh, President Biden when there were conversations about what about the refugees, the humanitarian aid and everything. And yes. the reason I am stating about these things is 
to understand it from various perspective because everyone has been pointing out as to why jordan is not opening up their borders why egypt is not opening up their borders because they do not want to be complicit to the fact that palestinians have again been uh, removed from their land they do not yes. want to have that kind of a situation so considering the sensitivity and complexity of the situation even um, king abd uh, king abdullah of jordan said that i speak for jordan and my friend egypt that when it comes to the palestinian refugees this is a red line that we would not be crossed so based current situation what's happening in gaza what is the humanitarian situation is that the situation has is moving from bad to worse and now to the worst possible situation that one can imagine the united nations general assembly was finally able to have a resolution for an immediate humanitarian truce between israel and other palestinian factions after the united nations security council failed about four times prior to that and the current situation in terms of the gaza health system is that the world health organization is saying it is at a breaking point because the casualties are to such a great extent there have been more than 10000 casualties in gaza as per the gaza health ministry and most of them are women and children that's what the news that's coming out moreover the entire the entire gaza is on a verge of collapse because all the supplies have been stopped the fuel they are running out of fuel the most recent which is uh, i was just uh, right before the podcast i was just uh, reading about this news about the al shifa hospital and how the ground offensive is impacting that region and due to the uh, situation where the hospital is running out of fuel it is putting the infants lives at risk and there are two or three uh, infants who have passed away so this is okay. the exact situation of the humanitarian uh, crisis for, but i mean just to end this point at nowhere is anyone saying that israel does not have the right to attack hamas it does not have the right to um, attack the palestinian factions who have inflicted this kind of casualties on the israeli society but one needs to also understand that hamas is not just an organization of 30000 or 40000 fighters but it is an ideology that you cannot kill with a bullet and moreover they are much very much integrated into the civilian society because hamas is not just not just a organization it was elected by the palestinians in gaza in the 2006 palestinian legislative election so okay on one hand you can say on one hand in terms of military purposes israeli government is saying that we won't be allowing any goods and services that are essential for livelihood from a military perspective they are looking at it but you also need to un- understand this this has caused a humanitarian crisis that no one was expecting the, the kind of casualties that is having they are having in gaza none of no one across the world were expecting that this kind of situation would arise moreover israel is forgetting that this is the 21st century 21st century war only doesn't take place on ground in battlefields with guns and armored vehicles it also takes place on the digital space 
because everyone now has a smartphone they are posting photos and videos and sharing their life sharing their plight to garner the sympathies of the international community the con yes. i mean look at the conversation that has changed now the support that israel was having after october 7th was unprecedented the international community was rallying uh, behind israel and having the sympathies with them but the conversation has now completely changed now i'm not saying that um uh, that the uh, the conversation that the israeli society that the loss that they have had which is about 1200 people they have uh, they have died in that attack on october 7th no one is saying that they support what is uh, the attack that was uh, carried out by hamas no one is saying that at all but the conversation yes. now from that time to this date has completely changed the predominant conversation now that is taking place across social media across mainstream media is the ground offensive is the casualties that have been inflicted on the uh, palestinians in gaza so and at the same time there are other news reports that are also coming where israel has hit uh, an ambulance israel has hit xyz civilian infrastructure but now on israel is saying that the ambulance is being used by hamas as an operations uh, operation command center but it is very important for everyone to understand that in this day and age of digital space information space what you do is critically important but how you do it and how you are carrying it forward and how it is being looked not just from your country not just from your region but across all the corners of the world is also very important because for any person who is seeing that video they will say israel has attacked an ambulance they would not look they would not be researching on why they did that what are the kind of strategies that hamas is implementing and this is further in my opinion in my opinion israel is isolating itself is get, being isolated from the world in terms of the situation the civilian casualties that is increasing in gaza has led to a situation where even countries that were with israel are now saying that it is very important to have to deal with this humanitarian crisis that is taking place on ground you can stay see I me mean, just let's take the example of us i'm not talking about any other country let's take us which is israel's primary ally you have a situation in the us state department where josh paul who is a us state department official resigned saying that i am not happy with the kind uh, state or department is handling this crisis and it's not just josh paul josh paul has resigned he published his um, he posted his uh, resignation letter on linkedin that is also that can be read but it's not just him the entire state department is now silently or openly saying that we are not um supporting the kind the supporting the way the state department is dealing with the situation the kind of support that uh, the us is having for israel despite this mounting civilian casualties in gaza so what i am trying to say is that it is important for israel to eventually start listening to its 
allies and start looking at this situation as well because it's not yes. just the international community that is concerned about it it's even the i mean it, it's not just this ground offensive that is the cause of concern it's also the cause of concern is the kind of statements that are coming out of israeli government as well you have the agriculture minister saying that this is gaza's nakba then you have the heritage minister is uh, saying that israel's option would can also include is also including nuclear bomb on gaza these are i mean this is like adding fuel to the fire so yes. just i just want to say that israel should take not just into this short term strategy but also they should also take into consideration the long term strategy in this region because they need to have an avenue that is open so that they are able to have a dialogue after this you don't want to repeat the mistakes that were done in the past where you know saddam hussein was remo- removed and it led to the creation of isis then they remove israel fought plo and they removed them and it eventually led to the creation of hezbollah so you do yes. not want that history to be repeated again thank you for listening to this episode if you find our podcast insightful then please like share and subscribe see you in the next episode thank you